Yes, sir. We back like cook crack. It's the bunt brought to you by the number one shoe in skateboarding. Vans, baby. Damn, son. Where'd you find this? Bitch, I'm in these streets. And this week, we're going to explain to you how easy it is to get your very own pro model like me and the ghosts are about to do with the help of Vans Customs. I've been waiting my whole life for the opportunity to turn myself pro. And with Vans Customs, I'm throwing a picture of my own face on there and some classic slip-ons. You dig? I can't wait to tell the ladies at the bar I'm a pro skater and just point at my shoes. It's as easy as heading over to Vans.ca, heading to the custom section. You can make your own skate high, old school, or era. And even better, you can add your own photo to the classic slip-ons and the authentics. Oh, God damn, I'm going to be looking fly in my Safe B Vans classic slip-ons. What is one thing that all skaters of the year have in common? They got their own pro shoe, baby. So we about to get ours and watch the votes start rolling in, man. Vans, off the wall since 1960, motherfucking six. Drop that bitch. Slap Seb's 19 I never felt so goddamn good Yo, D-John, tell him what that means, Niki We back! Well, my friend here lost four straight And we thought he was gonna head into the playoffs on a five-game losing streak But the Ghost finally got his signature win Alvin Kamara snapped But it didn't even matter, man The Ghost is back in the winning column I couldn't be happier for you, bro. That's what's really good. Seb's 19. I know you listening in Berlin. <laughs> Listeners, I'm sorry. Quick football rant. He's talking shit to me all fucking year. <laughs> all year. Slapped him twice now. Going into the playoffs. Fucking after going ham. You know I had Travis Kelsey and fucking Tyreek the Freak. Tyreek Hill popping. Anyways. Um, all right. We get into the episode now. You good? You finished? Yeah, yeah. And Sound like Rance won over there, and, baby. And all them football fans out there know what that song was. Is that Aaron Rodgers commercial. Worst actor I've ever seen. The real fantasy fans have watched that more than a couple times today. <laughs> today being Sunday night. Oh, my God. Anyways, skate life. Well, what popped in skating this week, B? We back. Man, it's the second last episode of the week, my dog. So Of the week? Of the week, man. <laughs> of the season. So you know we had to bring that fire inside Studio E. Why don't you let the people know who's here, man? It's a legend in the fucking game. Y'all niggies know because you always know who's on before you press play. But <laughs> B. Herman, you feel me? <laughs> Such an honor to have him in Studio E. I think he's one of those guys that... You're hard-pressed to find anyone who's not a fan of Brian Herman. I met him actually four, four years ago. Celebrated my 25th birthday with him. Oh, you and him hand in hand. Oh, yeah, that's my guy, yo. <laughs> uh, he but, paint yeah. a very different picture, man. Uh, anyways, it was nice to, you know, catch up with the old homie. I mean, we're basically best friends. It was good to introduce my boy Donald to be Herm. You know, Hermsy as I call him. Very lucky. We're sparking it off with that. And we taking you straight to the post office, which blew up this week. Get them questions in, because we only got one more week after this one. And then... 
You know, you what, know time what time it is. It is. Oh. <laughs> Jesus. <Jinx>. Yeah. <laughs> then it's on to the rundown, baby. The segment that makes us the number one podcast in sports. You feel me? Anywhere you can find podcasts, we're number one, man. Before we get into this interview, everyone out there, make sure to follow us on Instagram at The Bunt Live on Facebook. Hit us with that like at The Bunt. Definitely be sending them emails to thebuntlive at gmail.com. And make sure you head on over to thepuntlive.com. We got our boy, Tita legend, Colin Passy. Funny ass interview on there. Check it out. You dig? Be her, man. Honor to have him in Studio E. Like we said, legend in the game. You know what I'm saying? Tray flip, hard flip, nolly inward heel, master. Been doing it for Baker his whole career. It's a pleasure having him in the booth, yo. Herman is someone who's been in the game since he was a little kid, so it feels like we've all been able to watch him grow up right in front of our eyes. A true pleasure to have him inside Studio E. But before we get into the interview, you know it's holiday season. Around the world, Christmas is in the air. And what better way to spend the holidays than sharing a couple brews with one of my good friends, the ghost, man. Ain't that the truth, brother? Let's crack a couple steamies, get the Christmas spirit in the air with a good old-fashioned green can. You know the one. Canada's premium pilsner, Steam Whistle. The only buzz. Yo, yo, what up? We got Herman in the house. What up? How's it going on? <laughs> Chilling, man. How you doing? You good? Yep, good. Doing very good. Comfy? Happy to be inside Studio E. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. It's rad. <laughs> I don't know. I've never done nothing like this, so it's pretty cool. Hell yeah. So we start every show off the same, and we ask, what's your favorite skate moment and your favorite sports moment? I was really hyped on this hard that hard flip I did over this rail for Bacon Destroy. That was a great moment because I it was the end of the, my heel was swollen as can be. And it was for sure my last try. <laughs> I ended up doing it, so it was it was one of the best moments for sure. I remember being so hyped on that. Damn, was it that big green rail that goes sideways? It was the one that Andrew frontside flipped over. I had a I had a skateboard mag cover hard flipping the hundred hundred anniversary. It was uh, Reynolds frontside flipped over, and then Fakey Fakey always a table afterwards. Oh yeah yeah oh shit that thing is huge. Yeah. And then sports moment, uh, I don't know, just recently when the Broncos made it and uh, won the Super Bowl, that was great. You're a football fan? Yeah, I like football. You know, being a little kid, I would, I would always sneak out of my room and, you know, try to see what the parents were up to, and they were always watching football. They were always watching the Broncos. So <laughs> that was my, my, first, uh, my first bad moments, just sneaking out and watching Broncos games. <laughs> <laughs> Take us... Uh Back to the beginning, how'd you get into skating coming up in Victorville, California? Ooh, yeah, going way back. I used to be into riding bikes a lot, and I used to BMX all the time, and ride motorcycles, and that all started out in Huntington Beach. My brother was a skateboarder, my older brother, he skated, and I always tried to do whatever, whatever, you know, he was like my role model, you know, so... I ended up trading a bike sprocket, and it was a bike sprocket that I had that made my bike ride you know and i just once i traded the sprocket 
<laughs> I didn't have a bike anymore. So instead <laughs> of going out and trying to get a sprocket for my bike, I, I just said, I'm going to go get the rest of this board. That I, you know, I had a board, and I needed trucks and wheels. So I started going after that instead of going after getting a new sprocket for the bike. <laughs> and But the funny thing about that was, you know, growing up, I didn't have much money. So I remember I went into a, to a hardware store and stole these uh, <laughs> these sheets of of sandpaper because yeah. <laughs> I Press didn't grip. have any. Yeah, I didn't have any grip tape, so I just <laughs> stole the sheets of sandpaper and then glued it on the top. And I was stoked Jesus. on it though because I had those those three lines from back in the day, like the you the know, shorties us West Coast, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just to run those. And I was like, man, I'm kind of steezing over here. It's pretty sick. <laughs> but yeah. And from that day on, though, I just, I don't know, I just kept skating. It was, it was, it was too rad. Once I got the board all together, I had it all going. I just wanted to learn tricks. That's all I wanted to do is just learn tricks. And I remember I did a ton of carpet skating. That was pretty much, pretty much all I did for the first six months of skating was just carpet skate because I wanted to learn tricks, but I couldn't roll and do them. So I figured I'd learn them on the carpet first. My mom would get all pissed off, but whatever, she didn't care. She thought it was cool if I landed a trick. <laughs> so tell us uh, tell us about your first big break in skating and how you got it all popping. Well, if we're going back to the beginning, the moment that Donnie from Pharmacy actually put me on the team, that was my big break. And obviously, the time when we you know Baker picked me up for sure, that was a huge breakthrough. Because I had, for Baker, I had been trying to... Pre- before Baker, I had been getting boards from World Industries, from uh, from Rodney and, and this guy Dennis, and and they were great. They were great. They were uh, always hooking up. And Carter, he was hooking it up. You know, they were just they were just good family over there, making sure that you know they're like, oh, this little kid is you know trying to skate and doesn't have much money to support himself. You know, so they just backed me. So in my in my position, I had. You know, it was it was the best thing I could I could ask for was just free product and and boards and you know I was so stoked and trying I was trying really hard to get on World Industries, I really wanted to be a part of that team because you know, I was skating with Matt Costa and I was skating with you know even Chad and skating with Chris Cole at the time, and it was it was it was it was cool Jason Hernandez and it it was good it was what I wanted it was organic and skating and that's all I needed was skateboarding and I tried so hard to get on that company but when I had brought them my video they basically just told me hey you know it's a cool video but just just keep skating you should just keep skating and and try harder and uh and we'll we'll see where it goes yeah and I I was I was like okay no big deal I'll do it you know I was just really hoping I was really hoping to get on the team be an amateur or something but flow was still cool I was fine with that they're still supporting me but then I had known I had known Terry and Evan and Knox from from seeing them at Cherry Park previously, just from driving around skating and being part of the pharmacy dudes. And I seen them at the trade show where I, where we were at when I pre- presented World the video. And I and I seen Terry and I go, Hey Terry, what up? Uh, just fan fan out totally like you know fan out on Terry and the guys <laughs> part of Baker. So I was like, Oh, these dudes are sick, you know. And uh, when I'd seen him, he, you know, I told him the story about, about World Industries, and he goes, oh, I got your back. Don't worry. I don't even trip. I got your back. <laughs> and Terry, seriously, 
you know, he's like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hook you up with world. He's like, I'm gonna get you hooked up with someone. Like, I'll probably give this to Lance Mountain and try to get you on the firm. And I was like, for real, that'd be that'd be insane. You know, I was, I, I seriously, mm-hmm. anything was amazing. I, I couldn't believe Terry was, you know, had my back on something like that. And so when he said the firm, I was, I was just got my <laughs> hopes up again. I was like, wow, you know, this is gonna be amazing. And Terry might get me on the firm. This is gonna be amazing. This is gonna be right. And, and I had never <laughs> met anyone from the firm so to me i was like i don't know i didn't, I didn't know if they they, they might have looked at me and said the same thing world did like yeah he's whatever just keep skating you know but but whatever it, it never happened um terry went to the booth and andrew was there and seen terry and said hey what's that tape you got let's watch that tape All right and, and we're at the trade show and i'm tripping because i'm like my favorite skaters are about to freaking put on my tape Jeez. and probably criticize the shit out of it tell me yeah he's whatever you know i don't know i just instantly started getting uh getting nervous and i walked yeah i walked away right away just just said i gotta take off you know so i took off walked away <laughs> <laughs> just, just, they don't want to really see this you know how old were you guys when this is happening and terry's like talking about He'll the get firm. you on shit. I was 14. Yeah, for sure. like, and Terry was what, like 15 or I think something? So, yeah, 15 or 16, I'd say. Insane. Yeah. yeah. Okay, sorry, continue. No, I mean, the, the, he basically put the video on. I walked away, and, and my friend, Kanon, she's a skater. She came running back over and, and ran up to me. She's like, dude, you got to go back there. I was like, no, I can't watch them watch my video <laughs> video part. And she's like, no, you have to. They come back there into it, they like it. And then I, of course, just lit up like a Christmas tree. I said, what? They like it? Really? And, <laughs> and they said, yeah, you got to come back. When I had walked back, they were watching it for a second time. So, Ooh, that's yeah, I was like, wow, they're watching it for a second time. That's cool. And Jim was pumped, saying a lot of stuff. And he was all hyped on it. And Andrew was all hyped on it. And that was, that was a big break. It was a good feeling because, you know, those guys are my favorite skaters. So, mm-hmm. you know, especially at that time that's all i really knew of was, was was those guys and and i just was excited to have that feeling of them being into my video part and even if i wouldn't ha- if i even if i had never gotten on after that just those moments of seeing them being into it made me so satisfied so i could kind of live off that moment still till this day and it feels <laughs> you know super that's happy huge. and excited from like yeah I remember that day <laughs> <laughs> for sure man that is huge yeah so, so the the dream of the firm didn't last too long then huh yeah it was like a five minute thought i think from terry <laughs> but hey whatever it's all for the best man yeah he was, damn. you know he's going for whatever he's got connections with always respected terry for that he's, he's always trying to help help out a, a friend you know well, yeah, your your life could have been way different if you got on fucking World Industries too. <laughs> True. Feel like you you got a match made in heaven right there. Yeah, all those all those like bull, almost almost at this point saying bullets dodged to get to where you know. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah I guess. And neither neither one of them are still around. I don't know if World. I Industries know that's the only reason why I say it, but they were rad companies, so yeah. Know, the firm just, was but, sick, man. Yeah. Yeah, the firm was sick. So. So yeah, you get on Baker. You were 14, you were saying, so you're like one of those child prodigies at the time. What was it like getting thrown in with the wolves and just like starting to travel around with those legends and fucking go around the world as a kid? It was crazy. Well, when I had first got on Baker, I had Andrew's contact info and I was supposed to 
basically go skate with him in, 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 in LA. He lived in LA, I lived in Victorville or Hesperia or whatever. And I had no way to get out there, so some people that were working at the shop, they were going out to LA to do like some partying or go and eat some, some nice dinner or whatever, so they ended up dropping me off out there at Andrew's place, and I was just excited to be there, so I was telling him everything, yeah, everything's fine, I'll be okay, no big deal. I'm 14 years old, and they dropped me off in LA at the <laughs> doorstep of Andrew's house on Sunset Boulevard, Red Vine, 7-Eleven. You know, it's just not a, not a very good area, but... They dropped me off, and I buzz up. I buzz up to the uh, to the door, and Jim answers, and I go, "Hey, hey, what's going on? Is Andrew there?" And he's like, "Nope, Andrew's not here." And then just hangs up. So I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> oh. Like, <laughs> I was like, "Damn it! I gotta, I gotta call back." You know, so I call back, and I'm like, "Hey, Jim, what's going on? Like, this is Brian. Like, I'm trying to get a hold of Andrew." He's like, "Yeah, man, he's not here." So he just hangs up again, and I was oh. like, "Fuck, dude!" Like. I don't know what to do, I, so I didn't want to annoy him, so I just kind of stopped stopped trying to buzz up there. I was like, I'm just going to sit here. I'm just going to sit here and contemplate and think. I'm like, he, he might be here soon, so I'll wait an hour and I'll see. I ended up waiting about four hours, oh. and I started thinking, all right, this is it. I got to call someone. I got to tell him I'm screwed. I'm stuck in L.A. I, I'm, you know, I got to go. I got to find a ride back, yeah. you know. And I kept thinking, I was like, well, I could try one more time with Jim and just see <laughs> if... if you know, maybe one more time with Jim to see if, if if he's into it, you know. But I ended up not having to because that just out of nowhere, I just see this green Cadillac pull up and a light turn on. And, and I, you know, that's, that's fucking Andrew Reynolds. <laughs> you know, I knew right away. I was like, that's him. So I had waited. I, you know, I was like, okay, he has to pull in. I was just already thinking about he's going to pull in. He's going to get in his car. He might have to grab his board out. You know, he might have something in the car. He might have some food. He's gonna have to walk upstairs. He lives on the third floor, so all right. And I kept thinking he probably walked in the door right about now. <laughs> and then so I go, let me give him a minute to settle down. And then again, you know, and then I go, okay, now I'm gonna buzz up. And I buzz up, and I was like, Andrew, Andrew answers, and I was like, Andrew, hey, what's up? It's Brian. He's like, oh, hey, what's up? Come on up, and buzzed me right in. I was, I was so, it was, I was just like, wow, it's it, this, it's happening. I was just about to freak out and go back home, but it's happening, you know. And I get up there, and it's so funny too. I get up there, and I walk in the door, and right there at the buzzer intercom is a big box with my name on it, Brian Herman, as if like they were expecting me. You know, so right. I was thinking, I kept, I, I thought about it, I was like, did Jim see the name? Like, right, he's probably seen that I was there, maybe. <laughs> did he not know I was showing up? And then I was just like, oh, well, no big deal. I, it's not a big deal because I was there anyways, so it was just a simple, fast thought. <laughs> but thrown into the wolves right away, man, 14 years old. Uh, it was good, and right around those guys, hanging around them, staying at Andrew's house. Right away the next day, going and skating with Beagle. You know, Beagle came in town, and, and Andrew was telling us, yeah, Dustin's going to have a part in this Trans World video, and he wants you guys to have tricks in it, and all this stuff. And I was like, wow, I didn't even, I'm, I'm brand new. I was like, I'll do it. Okay, perfect. Sounds great to me. I want to get a trick tomorrow. So filming with Beagle, got tricks the next day, and skating, everything was going great. And I'd say about two or three months into skating every weekend with those guys, uh, I had ended up going out to Orange County to skate with Knox and those guys, and I was staying with Knox, actually. And we skated this church, and Knox was trying to kick a board slide. 
and I was filming him. I wasn't even skating. I was filming him. But long story short on that, I, we ended up getting in trouble from the cops from skating at the church, and I got arrested. Knox got arrested as well, but his dad was allowed to pick him up, and they ended up keeping me, and I was locked up from that day for 90 days Holy before geez. I had gotten out. So, yeah, and it was, you know, fresh, brand new. Wow, two months skating with these guys, you know, I'm sponsored, and, you know, I was just like, this is going so well, everything was going so great, and, you know, it ended, boom, you know, locked up, you know, trespassing, vandalism, charged with, and so I, I was charged with all that, and freaking just dealing with having to get out. And I think the big problem was that I had gotten charged in Orange County and I was living up here in San Bernardino County, which was two different places. And I think they were kind of just worried about that being, you know, being in the sense of why is he out here in a different county without his parents or something like that, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. But 90 days goes by, I get out and went straight on the Baker 2001 tour. And that's where it all, that's where it all really clicked and started happening. I was with all the big dogs and train wreck met up and came on the tour Ooh. and it was just I don't know, it was it was it was being thrown right into the mix of what and still till this day it's it's one of the most hijinks tours I've ever been on for sure. And the thing is is I <laughs> thought that that was what every tour was gonna be like from there on out. <laughs> so <laughs> so I kinda uh I don't know, I just kinda went for it and and uh, tried to make them all, all just as fun as that one, but they all none, none of them really compared to that because of how hijinks it was. <laughs> mm -hmm. But yeah, it was a great, great trip, and that was the reality of being thrown into the mix of it, being younger, 14, 15 years old. I had my 15th birthday in, in when I was in, locked up in those 90 days. So. Oh, holy hell. Yeah. That's insane that you, that you actually had served time for that. Yeah, I got charged. I got fully charged with the trespassing and the vandalism and you know it was uh just one of those things that i don't know i just kind of got caught up in the system and they didn't want me to, they didn't want me to go because i my parents were in a different county and that was really the situation as soon as i transferred my case i had gotten out like two about, i'd say probably two weeks or so however long the court day wakes i think it's two weeks 14 days and yeah, it was not a big deal, but we could could have probably done that the first court hearing we went to, and I would only been locked up for mm -hmm. two weeks or a month, you know. But yeah, uh, it just seems insane. For yeah, a fourteen year old. Right, yeah. yeah, it was a it was a tough one, but you know, it wasn't it wasn't uh, it wasn't too bad. It was you know, I don't know. I think it I think it kind of disciplined me a lot. I know that. From that moment on, I, I didn't really have any running in with the cops, so. <laughs> yeah. They uh, kind of woke me up with that, but I don't know. It was tough, but I've, it, it was it was it was like being thrown out there, you know, the wolves. But I still I felt so comfortable being where I was at with those dudes. And I just knew that that was exactly what I wanted to do because when I came back home from that tour. And trip out on this, I come back home from that, that tour, and, and we came back. So we leave New York. It was our last last stop, and I go back to school the day I get back, the two days after I get back, and boom. Uh, we're, we got to walk into class, and they're watching 9-11. You know, it's 9-11, and we're watching oh. this crazy thing on the prompter is up on the screens. And, and I just Sorry. remember thinking right away, wow, 
fuck, I was just fucking there, man. You know, like I, all I thought about was skating at the time, so I didn't even know what the Twin Towers were. I had no idea what they, you yeah. know, meant or what any of it was. And I just, I mean, I obviously know what they are now, but uh, it was crazy to have been there a couple of days before that. And we were with John Minor, and we got this clip where I do a kickflip front board on a skateboard. There's a skateboard laying on its side, and I kickflip front board it, and it's the Twin Towers in the background. And I remember John wanting to get that clip. He goes, no, hey, do that. I want to get this clip, you know? I go, okay. So we got it, and years later, you know, now that I, after it all happened, I'm stoked that he did that because it's kind of a thing that, I don't know, I look back on it and it's, it's just kind of crazy to me to think that I was there, didn't know anything about it at the time, how ignorant I was to all that stuff, and just being, you know, 15 years old, basically I dropped out of school after that, I just stopped going to school, I just kind of said, I'm just going to skateboard, you know, I'm just going to do this for, mm -hmm. the, for the rest of the time I can make it happen, and I just started, started going to Andrew's house, staying at the mansion going to my friend Jeremy's house in Palmdale and staying at all their houses. Anyone had a skate ramp in their backyard, staying at Steven's house, <laughs> you know. I just I just had to, to do it. I knew that there was going to be something good because Andrew looked out for me right away. I remember when I got out of that, that, when I got out of being locked up, it was, all right, you don't have a shoe sponsor? Okay, you're going to ride for America. Okay, you don't have... A clothing sponsor? All right, we'll figure that out. Like He he was just wheel sponsor? Oh, okay, we'll figure that out. He was ready to just yeah. have everything going right away, have my back. So I just knew I needed to dedicate to skating. So yeah. I, that was like the breakthrough, drop out of school, dedicate to skating. It's on. You know, you're with the wolves now. You got thrown in the mix. Now you're swimming. You're running. <laughs> you're part you know, of the pack, you're, man. You're doing it. You're, you're tackling these, this prey with them, you know, so. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's up. Yeah. That's dope. So in skateboarding, there's no minimum age requirement to turn am or pro like most professional sports. Do you think it hurts or helps young skaters who get hooked up really early and might be exposed to some things other kids aren't necessarily being exposed to? Yeah, it could be a good or bad thing, you know. Uh, there's always been little dudes in skating, even when I was coming up. You know, Colin Provost was has been an was an amateur for Element at I think six years old, you know, a little oh young kid, God. but. I don't think he was exposed to the crazy stuff until he started hanging out with us on America tours, you know. <laughs> but I don't know. It could go. It could go either way, you know. I think it depends. It depends on uh, where you end up, you know. Where what skating has so many different. There's like like genres, you know. They all carry. There's Baker. There's Enjoy. There's Zero. There's you know. There's all these different companies. There's so many random companies out there that that represent people and their skateboarding. So I think it's just kind of like a getting where you fit in type thing, you know? My goals were just to skateboard. And then beyond that, it was okay, hey, I got this freedom to be able to skateboard every day. Maybe I should take the time to try to learn a couple of things while I'm out mm -hmm. here. I'm not going to school, so, you know, maybe I take that time to learn it. So I did. Skateboarding happens young, no matter what. I'm 30 years old and I feel like I'm 130, but <laughs> yeah. You know, I, it's a young sport. You want to you want to do it while you're young. If I would have started five years earlier, I would have been, you know, that much more stoked probably to mm -hmm. to do things. And uh, but whatever, you know, I I feel that it could be a good thing if you're focused. And 
got good priorities. Everyone can skate if they focus on it. Everyone can learn if they focus on that. It's about picking and choosing the right ones. Definitely. I feel like the advantage in skateboarding is that like the age difference doesn't really matter. You got young guys hanging out with old guys, so you're going to learn a lot when you're on the road like like you were at a young age. You got big guys looking out for you. Yeah, that's very true. Uh it's your peers, yeah. You got to have good one, good, 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 good ones around you. Even being around the Baker guys, you know, they weren't shoving alcohol or, you know, making me smoke or anything. I didn't do any of that stuff. I was, I didn't even smoke or any of that or drink until I was eighteen. I literally didn't. I, I was away from that stuff. I said, oh, I'm not even. Gonna, I need to be an adult until I could do that, you know. I, but I put myself on that level, <laughs> saying, No, I don't need that stupid shit, you know. Yeah. So. Even though some people on the tours may be partying and drinking, getting crazy, they're also good people, and they know how to teach the youngsters, you know, how to stay focused. Because mm-hmm. no, no dude who's out there supporting a skate brand or supporting a team wants to see some ten-year-old drinking and smoking. You know what I'm saying? It's like that doesn't help, that's not helping your brand out. And you could go that kid. That kid's probably only going to last a couple years. You know, so yeah, it's just a bad yeah. look all around. So no one wants to see that and. And it would just be a bad thing for a kid to get in that, involved in that anyways. But Like you said, it can go either way. Some kids can get burnt out real quick when they're you know, around people with negative influences. But yeah. then there's other cases like you who fucking had a long, successful career. So well, thank you. You never know. Ghost, man. The holiday season is upon us, which means the turn up is about to be real with all these holiday parties. So we got to make sure our kits is right. Reggie, you know I've been on Brixton.com all week trying to plan out my outfits. And you know what I landed on? The Regent Trouser Pant. I grew up in the mean streets of Regent Park, Toronto, and the Regent Trouser is only fitting for my gangsta ass. And don't worry, B. I was taking a good look on the website for both of us. I think you'd look mighty fly in the Reserve Rigid Service Pant. Oh, you know the Reserve Rigid Service Pant is already on my Christmas wish list. But let me put you on to a little secret of mine in Brixton's. The Fargo underwear set is exactly what we need to get us through these harsh winter days, man. It's also perfect for those long days at home, nestled up on the couch, Marathon on your favorite show, and it might even be Fargo, man. Y'all gotta see it for yourself, so head over to Brixton.com or down to your local skate shop. Make sure you follow Brixton at Brixton on Instagram, at Brixton on Facebook, and at Brixton MFG on Twitter to stay up on contests and all things Brixton. You diggy? You've put out a number of classic parts over the years. Uh, which one was your favorite? And why? Mm, my favorite, well, my favorite part would probably be Baker as a Death Wish. Just because it was, it was just fun, free skating. It was a lot of quote-unquote leftover footage, you know, footage that wasn't going to get used. But I, th- I feel like that's the, the footage that we gather is a lot of that footage. You know, it needs to be used somewhere. Beagle's always filming random stuff and... Uh, I don't know. There's more of that skating that goes on sometimes than the gnarly skating. You'll see, okay, wow, it was a crazy part that he did. 
But then when he was when Drew was warming up to fake Evero Hill that twelve, I know he was doing it down nine stairs for like a week straight. So he <laughs> could get those, and he's got clips, and those are cool to see too. It doesn't always have to be big stairs or anything like that. So I, I like that part a lot because of like again it goes back to having freedom, and that was a lot of freedom in that. Um, but I'd say. My favorite part, the one I'm most proud of, would be Stay Gold, for sure. Oh, that was a crispy two-parter. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, that was a tough one because I had just broken my... I severed my leg in half, basically. Lost an inch of it. Tib, fib, break. Boom, compound fracture. I was, like, watching blood squirt out my leg. and Holy... Yeah, so I thought I was... I thought I was done. I thought it was the end of of the skate career you know so for man for me to have filmed that part after that felt so accomplishing because i didn't think i was gonna ever jump off stairs ever again or do anything like that and i and i filmed most of my stair stuff in that part you know was towards the end but but still i had gotten away with a lot more than i had imagined even with the knowledge trade on the 12 and then even knowledge would heal and i just all that stuff i was you know, it seems like well, like maybe oh he probably did it easy, but you know I'm I'm really stoked on all that stuff because it was hard work and and I know that breaking my leg didn't make it easier. I was out for I was in a cast for seven months and didn't even walk for about a year and oh, a half. So, fuck. well I walked, but Jesus. wasn't walking correctly. I had a serious limp yeah. and and I didn't want to walk much on it because like the doctors would say, yeah, you walk on it prematurely, you're gonna have a bend and then you're really not gonna be able to jump off shit. So I stayed off it as much as I could. And I got Holy this. Fuck. How did that happen? I was riding a motorcycle. <laughs> Desert shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> you know, having a good time. But yeah, broke my, it, was, it was a real small freak accident. I come around a corner, got stuck in these little ruts that uh, got cross-rutted in these little ruts that, that dirt bikes make when they go around the corners. They, they dig in so deep that they make these ruts. And I was on my little pit bike, mm-hmm. so it swallowed up my back tire and turned me off, uh, turned my front tire off and spit me sideways and right after that corner was a whoop well it's a whoop section but for the little pit bikes it's like a jump so slammed into the back side of the the whoop with my leg basically straight into it because i had gotten sideways and as i'm coming around the corner pitched me sideways so i first reaction just went to put my leg down right in the back side boom leg come clean in half it was like it bent like a knee it bent like a knee right in the middle boom (laughs) yeah Damn, to make it back after that, have <laughs> film a part like that. I'm telling you, that was so. I was the most stoked, and it only got worse after that. But, but I'd say actually, for for the injuries I have, surprisingly, the legs, the legs actually the least worries out of all of them, except for when it's cold. It gets a little tough when it's cold. That's insane, man. Goddamn, stay gold. Some new found respect on that part. <laughs> Jesus, Thanks, man. That's why there was a lot of tables in that part because I was trying to stay stay a little bit more grounded i wasn't trying to jump off things and I, and I thought well what could i do i need to do something that i can't just go skate ledges that's and not like i not mm. like that wasn't an option but i just wanted to do something more with the tricks that i had instead of just doing them on ledges i was just thinking more of what okay let's beagle had the idea really truly he said hey man you're filming a ton of picnic table stuff you should just continue filming picnic table stuff and just do a little p- table part and so we all right let's do it so it's very heavily We're beagle influence yeah. there so yeah 
and we we lived right mm -hmm. next to these spots seriously it was it was a, a like you're bored and you'd go to the oh i'm bored i'm just gonna go and skate selma or i'm gonna go you know whatever it was just it was nothing it was just right right there so we were just doing it all the time but i was most stoked <laughs> so on that sick. with the tables it was just fun to have something else to skate besides rails and stairs because I love to skateboard, and it sucks when you go to skate a five just to have some fun or something, and it hurt, and you know your leg feels like you got a yeah. massive splinter. Not even splinter. That's not even the word. Like a shit, it feels like your leg is split in half, but it's together. Oh, fuck, that's gnarly. It yeah. feels fucked up, but the crazy thing is, is it's all good. It's all together, so it's chill. It's not. I, it's yeah. all in the head. You know. Oh wow, that hurt. Yeah, but it's still there. It's still together. Didn't fall apart. <laughs> <laughs> that's so weird. Yeah. We all saw you focus Beagle's board out of stress while filming a line. <laughs> we want to know what the anger levels are saying these days. You keeping it oh, calm on the board now that you're the, a little bit older? They're doing much better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've, uh, that's just what lies within, you know, and I, sometimes I, you can't control it. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, oh, man, that's funny you say that. Yeah, I'm way more calm about skating now. Than I ever than I was in that moment for sure. It got real tough for a minute, so it kind of like got hard for me. It got a little depressing almost for myself, and I realized it was all me fucking with my own brain. You know, oh wow, you're you're just kind of freaking out because whatever. <laughs> you know, I don't. I could have just been so calm about it all. I've had so many bad days before and didn't freak out, and then there was just these moments where out of just nowhere. I'd, every bad day I started having it was just freak outs and couldn't control myself and people be like a lot of the times before that be like, hey Herm it's all good don't even trip why why, why are you tripping no, no big deal like oh, oh you're, whatever not enough whatever and, and and it would calm me down but it just every time would you know I wouldn't land a kickflip or something like three after three tries oh I should have fucking done it by now I was like what the fuck he's tripping you know but those are all stages I feel like you know, a lot of skaters go through. I don't know, moments where you feel like, uh, I guess you feel like you should be better than you are. <laughs> it's a pretty harsh way to put it. <laughs> oh, trust me. I can relate to that one. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of just gets you in that mode. But yeah, man, I've been doing a lot better. I, I, I've really found that place of peace. To I, I still do have my little... Uh, Ah, mm. motherfucker, you know. <laughs> yeah. Those times, you know, it's skating. That's kind of yeah. what it does. I don't know. That's half the battle, I feel like, is learning how to control yourself. And if you, it, it's almost not even sane to be able to control yourself. So it's just sometimes <laughs> how it is. You go, it, it, it's like you can't take that much beating and that much pain sometimes without letting a little out, you know. But now it's yeah, a lot more controlling time. because I'm not breaking boards <laughs> and making it not be able to be filmed. People not able to film. <laughs> <laughs> that was the funniest part about that clip is like, it looks like there's like two other dudes who are filming lines too and they're just kind of fucked up. <laughs> they were all fucked, yeah. I just ruined everyone's day. <laughs> ruined, yeah, way to go. Blowing it, dude. Like, Did you know it was his board? Like you just... Your you board flew down funny? the stairs, and you just focused the nearest board to you. No, yeah, because my board, I slipped out, or I pushed, went to push, and it slipped out, or whatever. Man, I suck at switch kickflips. First of all, I love the trick. It's a, it's a great trick. I love it. 
I love doing it on flat ground and things like that, but I suck at that trick, down stuff. And that day, I wanted to do switch kickflip and then switch frontside flip. I thought of this pretty line, oh my, it's going to be so fun, oh, it's going to be great. And that's, that was the only switch kickflip I landed, that clip, that was the only one I landed out of probably 60 tries. Just Damn. over and over and over, just kicking it out, kicking it out, not being able to land it. And so that's kind of probably why I got really frustrated. And my board had slipped down the stairs, and Beagle's board was right there. But the funny thing about that also, <laughs> it was right there. So, But the funny thing, in my head, I never break boards. I've always been that guy that goes, oh, focus your board, Herm, let's see you do it. All right, yeah, let's do it. And I'm jumping with two feet. I got it on the curb upside down, jumping that way, and then two feet in the middle. And <laughs> it just doesn't happen for me. I can't break boards. I'm like a I'm like a hummingbird out there, you know. I uh, like I don't know. It just doesn't work. So I didn't think I was gonna break his board. Every time I go to try to break my board, I could try as hard as I can, and it ain't gonna break. So I go, all right, whatever. I knew that was gonna happen, but at least I got a little bit of got a little bit of steam released, you know. But it never break. They never break. But that time it just snapped with ease. A big old, a big old nine inch board too. The board was huge. This big filmer yeah. board. This nine inch massive board. The last board I thought I would ever break. But that's how much anger I had in me. I, so I had is. to go to anger management after. For real? <laughs> no, I just seriously like. I literally got into a ton of meditation, processing, and things like that to help out with just the thoughts of things. You know the. It's like you you know you're putting yourself in that position of a possibility of it taking 60 tries. So oh, if yeah, it yeah. takes you or all well, day. you know you 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 hope it's going to happen first second even sixth try you or even eighth who knows. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> but when it starts to get up there you like go you go man I I know that this is a thing. I know that when I started doing this that there was a, probably a good chance that this was going to be the case. Mm-hmm. Right. So the fact that I kept putting myself in positions, knowing what the outcome could possibly be, and then getting upset and not being able to control myself or try to control myself in, in something that you know, then I, I just felt, I just felt kind of, I just felt ignorant to my own, my own self and thoughts. I go, wow, man, you can't even control yourself when you, when you knew you were about to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's just kind of a little... A little, little, little dumb. So I just kind of got into a lot of meditation things, and uh, yeah, I got into growing herbs and gardening and food and all this stuff that kind of teaches you a little bit more respect for the smaller things in life. And I think that those little things—they're too small to get upset about—and then you kind of appreciate them when you get through it. When you go, wow, I just tried that 60 times and didn't even land it. But here I am, happy as can be. And you go, wow, I, kinda, I made it through it. I like smashed through the other side. And I'm not over here punching holes in the wall. I'm actually <laughs> stoked to be there, you know? Yeah. So it's yeah, an accomplishment that I never knew could happen. So I'm stuck to actually kind of, I guess, go through that anger moment. <laughs> That's a sick way to break it down, though. Some food for thought, yo. Dono. Well, I'm oh, you know, getting angry. Focusing boards every day. <laughs> no, Wade, yo. Yeah, take you, notes. Should, you should talk to Wade for a bit, man. So, the Herman compound where you had your old epically latered. What was the wildest thing that went down at that house? 
Oh man, this one time, my brother had gotten a paintball gun. He never told me about it, but he'd gotten this really cool paintball gun. I guess he had got a couple. But he came home, and he's driving, he pulls up, and he just starts shooting at the house. But instantly, right away, <laughs> the first thought, <laughs> the first thought was that someone was doing a drive-by. Because these paintballs were actually hitting the house really heavy. You know, I think even one to one broke the window and it, it was just intense going, oh wow, someone's shooting the house up. And uh, <laughs> Antoine freaked out. His eyes lit up. Oh, he takes God. off. Yeah, he's freaking out. And uh, the first thing I thought, I don't know, I think about it now and I kind of trip out that I even thought this way. But the first thing I thought, all right, dude, get to your gun. Get to your gun. Just get to your gun. Get to your gun. Get to your gun. That's all I kept thinking. I got to my gun. I grabbed it and I crawl. I'm crawling with this 12 gauge and my brother's still doing loops. There's like, I had this loop driveway and we live in the middle of nowhere. So you could just, he's doing like donuts looping. So I'm seeing just lights and it's the middle of the night. So I don't know who it is. And I just heard, comes loops again. And I'm just like, fuck. By the third, so by the third, I'm thinking for sure the house is getting lit up. I'm like, fuck. So by the third one, by the third one, I just pop. I'm laying on the ground, I just pop the door open, and I'm laying down with the gauge, and I just, boom, as soon as he comes around, I let off around, boom, right into the front of, right into the front of, the, I mean, I aim straight for the truck, whatever it is, and, fuck. and my brother just stops right away, boom, stops right away, he's like, what the fuck are you doing, you know, and he's, he's jumps out, he's like, what the fuck are you doing, man, and he's like, it's me, you know, da, da, da. And so glad that it, that I didn't kill my brother, you know, with a fucking 12 gauge. Oh Jesus Christ. So I think that was the craziest and dumbest moment that I experienced <laughs> at that place. <laughs> so what did Antoine do, man? And then I go back inside and I find Antoine in the tub. He's inside the, the shower tub. And I go, what are you doing? He's like, man, I just thought about the safest place to go. And he's just laying in the, in the tub. Holy he, he, shit. And he still thought, he goes, no, man, what's going on? Someone, like, was there a drive-by or something? I was like, dude, it was Wayne with a paintball gun. And at first he had no idea what was going on. He's like, what the fuck? He's like, he's like there's no way. There was a full drive-by that happened, you know? It was very, very real feeling. It felt. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I bet, man. When you're just in the house and you sh- holy yeah That's it was insane. crazy for sure yeah i was scared you were gonna say antoine grabbed one of those insane yeah guns ran you guys out had front and, like, or something went and shot your brother <laughs> but you shot yeah your brother. i would i would honestly i would always kind of put my guns in places where antoine wouldn't know just because <laughs> i was in case of that i was just always afraid that he would just get too comfortable sometimes with them you know i was like ah, i gotta keep these away you know yeah, he might be. Oh yeah, some dude easy. came over today, so I pulled the gauge on him. It's like, dude, that's the freaking, <laughs> you know, don't do that. It's the guy. I don't know. It was just... But then you're the one that went full Rambo, man. I know. With, with well, crawl. I'm telling you, if you were in the situation, you would have felt like that too. You would have felt like, oh, I'm getting attacked. Like I gotta fight back right now. That's yeah. some but I wouldn't. Shit. I wouldn't. I would have jumped. Now I would just jump in the tub too. I would grab my gauge and just jump in the tub. Grab your. Plants. Like all right, if anyone comes in the house in my tub, I'm gonna your fuck them up. You know. But. That's some wild, wild west shit popping out there. Holy shit! Man, there was so much property around us. It was just fucking wild. This can be. <laughs> Oh, man. So, you and Antoine Dixon are boys. You live together, like you said, travel together. How dope was it to watch him skate in the Baker 3, Baker Has a Death Wish era? 
It was beautiful, man. It was great. Um, he was skating a ton, and uh, man, he's an epic skater. Obviously, I think we all know that. But uh, yeah, he's he, he does tricks pretty quickly. You know, he does battle tricks. But I remember him coming back home after he switched fronts. I flipped over the five flat five handrail in the Baker as a death wish part. Yeah, I remember him how stoked he was getting and and how much we partied afterwards and and all that and and I, and it's funny because i remember thinking shit i thought this stuff was easy for antoine you know i thought like i was the one that would partied because it was so hard for me <laughs> you know but it's it, they're all humans you know i mean yeah. it's hard for antoine to get these tricks too but then yeah you know that part baker has a death wish suits very well with that whole you know this is a man's world part freaking with all those hammers fake you shove a heel down the 12 you know or nolly very hill down the 12 sorry freaking i just feel like all that shit that he was doing at that time that's what created him that's what made him who he is now we all look at that those parts and say man antoine dixon antoine dixon yeah. is so rad you know so and and that's the skater that he is you know deep down inside that's the skater that he is that's the skater that all of us are. You could look back at whatever part you think your favorite skater had, and that's what it should be no matter what. So in my eyes, Antoine's always that Baker as a Death Wish guy. He's always that Baker 3 dude. It's just that, you know, if you were to just, it, I don't know, I just people take different steps in skating and de different steps and directions in life, and you don't ever take away like a record from the Rolling Stones because they created a new one. You know, you don't ever mm -hmm. take away, you know, you don't ever take away, you know, one of Spike Jones' movies because he made a new one. So whatever you think that his, Spike Jones' favorite movie was is what you remember Spike Jones as. And mm -hmm. it's whatever part that Antoine did that you thought was the best that makes Antoine who Antoine is. So... That's who he is, and I feel that, yeah, those days were amazing to watch him skate because he's such a talented dude, and he's just sleeping out there on his board. doesn't even look like he's skating. He's just doing everything for breakfast. <laughs> so it, it's, it's a good time. But he's still like that. You go skate with him now, and it's still just, you, you, he's just still sleeping on his board and just having a blast, you know. It's That's just what's that, up. Uh, you don't, he's just not into making the same movie over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Hope to see another fucking full part from him one of these days. I think he'll film a full part for sure. I think he would. He's skating a lot more now. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's. I think. I think you'll. You'll. You'll probably see one for sure. Hell most, yeah. Most likely. He's still got all that gnarly skating in him too, and that's one thing he has going good for him. You know, I. I'm getting older, dealing with injuries. Those who have, you know, not so many injuries can, you know, skate as they get a little bit older you know i'm only 31 mm -hmm. years old and i'm already like i said feeling you know antoine's a lot younger too antoine's like 27 or 28 i believe you know so he could you know he could definitely you i, I what i'm trying to get at is i could i could definitely see a part coming from antoine soon so oh, most definitely yeah we'd all love to see that hell yeah yeah for sure you're wanted for murder across california having killed many picnic tables over the years <laughs> <laughs> does the does the notorious picnic table killer have anything else up his sleeve that we haven't seen yet dude tables are tables have gotten killed but yeah you know what i tried to film a couple for um 
for the America video. Couldn't get them. Do I reveal them now? Or do I just wait for the part? You're going to still do them. Yeah. That's the question. No, I still want to do That's what I'm saying. I still want to do them. I got two. I got two. So if there's two table tricks in my next video part, then I got them. Let's just put it that way. Hell yeah. Well, like you got to gotta tell us off wax when we're not recording. <laughs> All right. Cool. Safe for sure. What's that insider info? I've already done pretty much. I've done one of them. And the other one I haven't done yet. I just got smoked trying to do it. So I got to go back after I take my balls out my pussy. <laughs> when you were younger you were a hucker jumping on big rails big gaps and shit now you know getting a little older you got to pick your battles more what kind of circumstances bring out the narnar brian herman like the one we saw hopping on that insane 50 50 in the intro of bacon destroy take us behind the scenes bruv well, that 50-50, that was a completely different story. I made a bet with myself that day, and I just so happened to forgot, forget that I made myself that bet. <laughs> and then I, I told myself, okay, all right, deal is, if you walk up those stairs, the only way you can come down them is by grinding the rail. Jesus. Ooh. And, and I don't break, I, I can't break promises to myself. I go, dude, like, are you serious? Like, if you're just, do, if you break a promise to yourself right now, you're just lying, you're just, you're just, you're lying to yourself. How could you do that to yourself? Like you don't even. This is this is not the the, the type of life you live here. <laughs> so I I walked up there randomly, and as I got up there, I was like, oh fuck, shit, oh man, I fully forgot I made that bet with myself, and I didn't tell anyone. Or I wasn't, you know. I remember telling Beagle before I before I had made that bet. I told Beagle, which is on the camera. I go, dang, I kind of want to grind this rail right now. Yeah. And I go, okay, Brian, just don't walk up the stairs. Don't walk up the stairs. If you do, if you do just so happen to walk up those stairs, the only way you can come down is by 50-50 in that rail. That's the only way you can come down. There is no other way. There's zero <laughs> other ways. So at this point, when I got up there and I totally forgot that I made this bet with myself, I just, yeah, freaking, basically at that point, I was just trying to get down. I wasn't even trying to grind the rail anymore. I just go, it's like, I just got to get down this thing. All I got to do is get down it, but uh, yeah, I ended up doing it. But those guys were were getting all crazy on us, and I I didn't even want to run back up there. And I remember leaving and thinking, man, that fifty fifty was so ugly. I like roll out and skirt away, and then hit the curb. But I was like, I could have done it better. But yeah, that was a that was such a harsh situation. I remember it that was being epic, so dude. so tripped out. Yeah, that's uh, nowadays. I'll pick my battles for sure, though. Um, there is some big handrail stuff I want to skate, but handrails you got to skate a lot too. Um, yeah, you got to keep the nar blade sharp. You got to keep it sharp. Yeah, <laughs> that thing. It's got to be sharp for sure. So tell us a little bit about what went down at Hollywood 16 and what you ended up doing with your downtime after that. I was trying to. Uh, I was trying to hard flip the 16 a while back and I tried to just do it first try I said, wherever it's at I'll just go for it it was primo <laughs> so, so when I landed my foot folded over and I broke like the outer this outer part or it wasn't a gnarly break it was like a little it was still together it was just like a little you know mm. little splint thing off the side which hurt like cr- fucking really bad and uh 
yeah, I, after that, I seriously took, I was bored. I was really bored. I wasn't even on pain meds for that one or anything, so I wasn't screwed in my bed, like, laying out all <laughs> flat or anything. I just was, I just was hurt, couldn't walk, and so, so I was mobile trying to get around, and I was bored, man. I wasn't going to play video games and watch TV and do any of that. I just wanted to do something that would, I don't know, educate me and kind of, make my brain more focused on something besides the pain you know and uh i remember i started off on this like little little thing that was on the floor it's like you could move around it's got wheels on it and i just move around on my ass with my one foot having my foot up in the air <laughs> and then i just put my car my truck up on jack stands and just tore the entire thing apart i tore, tore every single part everything every, everyone in my Everyone that come over, they're like, dude, this guy's a tweaker. He's fucking, he's out of his mind. He's out of his mind. He's, he's, he's on something right now, you know? And I'm not, I wasn't. I was just in my garage having fun learning, learning about cars, you know? I was, you gotta, you gotta tear into it, you know, and learn about it. You gotta know, I mean, I can't just watch YouTube videos and learn about it that way. I gotta, gotta actually get hands-on experience, you know? So I got myself into a lot of situations that I won't get into now because, you know, I know about tearing apart cars, but at the time I just tore them, tore them apart as much as I could, just all the way down to the nitty gritty, all the way down to the frames, and I tore it apart in three months, and I put it together after that about a year, and that truck is is it's clean, it's a nice truck, it's actually it's pristine. God damn. Yeah, I love that thing, and I learned a lot about cars. You know, I got like seven cars now that I'm working on every single one of them. I got it maybe. Three, three. I got probably four classics that are that are fully restored in some sort of way by me. A lot of them I didn't do full restorations on, but you know I've already restored four cars since I've been into that one car and then did that one truck. You know, so and each one of them was quicker and quicker. One of the cars I've been doing for nine years though. Oh, I've been working on for nine years. Yeah. Uh, Reynolds notoriously iced a Tiba on a high five after he very healed Hollywood sixteen. Did you consciously dust a Tiba after your Nolly heel ender and made two? <laughs> oh, that's sad. No, you know, I didn't even. <laughs> oh no, I don't even. I don't think that I even really acknowledged that a Tiba's hand was up. <laughs> 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 Just like oh, like I see it in the footage. I go oh, sorry Tiba. Like after I see the footage, like did you? You're trying to give me high five. Sorry. You and Reynolds have like the biggest embrace, like right in front of him. <laughs> just, just waiting. I was so poor cold. guy. I feel so bad. It's just funny because it, it was twice. It was America exposed him. Well, the first one was like you couldn't really hide it, but on your nolly heel, it was like they didn't have to put that footage in there, but they just threw it in there. <laughs> it's so funny. They threw that in there. That's the true ender of the video part, right there. Is what it is. It's the real hammer. <laughs> uh, love it. That's funny shit. So when you think of Reynolds, you think frontside flips. When you think Janoski, you think switch flips. When you think Neen, you think heel flips. But when you think Herman, you're thinking hard flips, tray flips, and nollie inward heels. <laughs> which one do you enjoy the most? And which one would you want to be remembered for the most? Hmm. Wow. Uh, that's hard to say. I probably... It'd have to be one of the two. It'd probably have to be the it, first pick would probably be the hard flip. Second pick would probably have to be the nine more heel. 
Hell yeah. It just, just, just because, I don't know, that's, I love hard flips. It's something that when I was growing up, uh, I got teased for because everyone used to do them through the legs and I was so short that I couldn't. I, I sacked my board and I seriously will <laughs> never, ever try that again. Like getting credit card when you're, I was a kid and I remember my feet, when I credit card, my feet oh, didn't yeah. even hit the the oh, floor. Yeah. I was just this dangling on this yeah. board, this bouncing on this board. So I said, oh, I can't do it like that. So I learned them. Like, you know, I had learned the way that I had felt comfortable doing, which is through the sideways. And I, I had gotten made fun of, like, oh, that's not even the hard flip. And But I loved doing it. To me, it was, I felt great. It felt like an awesome trick to me. So I just kind of kept, I'm glad I kept that as a trick that I, you know, even though it was something that I got, I didn't get made fun of in, like, a bad way where it was like, oh, yeah, he's the hard flip guy. He sucks, you know. It was like... It, <laughs> It was just funny stuff where it'd be like, oh, yeah, nice hard flip, dude, sick, right? You know what I mean? Just the homies yeah. or whatever just wouldn't. But Burnett's really the one that brought that out, too. I remember doing my first interview with Burnett, and uh, he's like, dude, I, you needed to get a hard flip. Like, I really want you to get a hard flip. And I was like, okay, cool. I want to get one, too. Like, awesome. <laughs> took, took, me this, took me this four block, and I got down this four block, and I, I remember doing it on that four block, and... That was the moment where I, I go, I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep doing this trick because I just got encouraged from Michael Burnett to do one for my interview. That means that it's got to be somewhat cool, regardless of what everyone has always told me, you know? Right. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm probably the most stoked on that just because I'm glad I stuck with that trick. Nolly and Real, I learned later on from Aldamo Jr. He actually, to me, had the coolest Nolly and Real. Yeah, oh, so hell yeah. Shout out I just I seen him do it, and I go, wow, man, that's a cool trick. I, I want to do that trick, too. So, that's so, dope. Yeah. crazy, man. Yeah, hard flip makes sense. That is probably, yeah, if definitely. I had to pick one for you, it's probably the hard flip. And it's funny, too, that you say you got made fun of because, like, Yours ended up being the proper ones over time. Like <laughs> over flipped. time. I know. We were in that Muska phase back then, yeah. which all respect to Muska. But, yeah, everyone just wanted it to be like that. So yeah. I couldn't get down like that. That was too dangerous after that one. After that one. I had to yes. find another I credit, route. I credit carded a hard flip back in the day, too, and I called my friend crying, left a voicemail <laughs> after I sacked myself oh, yeah, on yeah. his family home phone. <laughs> it's the end of that, dude. Trust me. Uh, whose who's house did you call? You so quick we need skating. to find that voicemail. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you went <man>. quick. <laughs> Whew, so that's why you still ain't hard flipping to these days? Yeah, I don't hard flip to this day, man. Trust. I'm glad you persevered and you kept going. <laughs> no, you found a way around it, man. Yeah. So what's next for Brian Herman? Well, right now I'm just focusing on... Uh, filming this uh baker part it's been they've been filming for it for a while it's just been kind of a little a little bit lagging here and there on getting clips for it but yeah i don't know that's probably what's next right now and i'm working on uh right now i've been working with some really cool people on a new acoustic guitar pickup and i'm a huge i'm a huge fan of music i love music and i'm a huge enthusiast when it comes to guitar playing and i'm not even the best guitar player or even that good at all i just i just love playing what i can play and it's it's really fun i have a ton of guitars i think i buy a guitar almost every time i go out on a trip which is kind of getting a little bad i look like almost like a guitar hoarder and they're all like cheapy hundred dollar guitars so it's it's almost <laughs> like why do you have all these cheap guitars <laughs> you just know but, one nice one. but i i love <laughs> Yeah, I know. I need to just get a, trade them all in for one nice one. But 
I, I'm, I'm really into music and uh, these guys that I've been working with, they created an awesome acoustic pickup for, it's great for, for uh, live play and for recording and it's all done like optically, through opticals and it's, uh, you know, it's just a real clean, nice pickup. I respect it a lot as far as what I know and uh, I think it'll be great for the music industry. I think it'll be great to start being able to see musicians be able to play a lot cleaner and a lot more comfortably on stage you know I, i'm always i'm always a business type guy i always like taking adventures and i think that this is kind of right up my alley you know i always try to say you know do what you love to do and you know you you won't ever feel like you have a job you know you're just kind of doing what you love to do and you know that if that could be your work then you know then you're you're blessed you know you're hyped so and i always try to stick to that so to be involved with this I'm taking it pretty seriously just because I I feel it's really good for the industry and I also really back the product as well. Um just as I've already gotten two personal ones made myself. What's the what's the company so, called? It's called Taff Acoustics. Actually right now it's called Taff Optical, but we're changing that. <laughs> nice. Oh yeah, man. Well good luck, Doc. That's dope, man. Like T A F F. You could look it up. It's uh we got a little website. Um, it should be a pretty good adventure. I'm pretty stoked on that. Working on the skate park up here in Asperia for getting an, getting an additional part added on to the skate park. Hopefully some more tranny. And then, yeah, focus on this Baker video. Also, I don't know, man. I'm always being busy, you know. I'm always being super busy. I got some real estate up here in the desert. I've been, you know, working around trying to get involved and watching the market and waiting for that to go you know trying to be smart in those ways i mean i'm just trying to there's so many moves i mean you, you i mean that's where i'm going man i'm going all over the place dude i got tomorrow i wanted to get started on some garden boxes that i had in mind but i'm gonna put that off because i'm gonna go skating with matt allen and mike white tomorrow instead oh, so but i mean dude i got so much random stuff going on dude so yeah man it's a big adventure out here Brian Jack Herman's of all adventure. trades as well, man. <laughs> That's what's up, man. Plenty of irons in the fire. <laughs> Definitely respect that. Yeah. Hell After yeah. mentioning all that, it kind of gave me like a little bit of, it gave me a small wave of anxiety. After I had just got done mentioning. I just kind of, I need to take a deep breath. <laughs> uh, I was just like, wow, man, shit, you better get to work out there. You got a lot going on. Lots of shit to do, yeah. yeah. Y'all know what it is, is Rapid Fire with the Ghost. And this week, we brought to you by Working Class Store in Moncton, New Brunswick. Ha. You already know, Justin Alain, realist in the game, shop owner, and he only gets the best brands in-house, so you know he's got the newest fire quasi in the building. They got one of the most fire teams in all of skateboarding, the likes of Tyler Bledsoe, Jake Johnson, Bunt alumni, Gilbert Crockett, and Dick Rizzo. It's a match made in heaven. Working class store and quasi. If you're trying to skate one of the best boards and rock the illest gear, you know where to go. It's working class store, baby. Get there in store or online at workingclassstore.com. All right, favorite skater? Reynolds. Favorite video? The end. 
Favorite video part? Reynolds, stay gold. Favorite style? Lucian Clark. Sick. Most talented skateboarder on planet Earth? <laughs> Shane O'Neill, hands down. Favorite trick? Hard flip. Hardest trick for you? Switch 360 flips. Damn, B, I might have to teach you out, a lesson. Out the gang. You dig? Yeah, you want to switch to Yeah, I need that. I, 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 need, I need, <laughs> need to figure this one out. <laughs> It's all in the back foot, you dig? That's <laughs> what they all say, man. I don't know. Jesus. Yeah, you give me a regs tray flip lesson, I'll give you the switch. Most illegal trick? A willy grind. Hell yeah. <laughs> Favorite clip you've ever gotten? Not only were healed down the Santa Monica tw- or the yeah Santa Monica twelve. Gnarliest trick you've ever witnessed? Gnarliest one I've seen was Andrew's shove it heel down the Hollywood sixteen. Best trick you've ever done that wasn't caught on film? I'd have to say a 50-50 at the college up here at the, on the 15. One time I wanted to prove to my brother that I was a gnarly handrail skater. I was like, I swear, Wayne, I've been skating gnarly rails, dude. I promise. He's like, no, you're not. He's like, you haven't done that. I was like, bring me to the college right now. I'll grind it right now. First try. <laughs> and it was in the dark. I just had the street light hanging up, and he pulled up in his car, and I jumped out, and I grinded it first try. I was so just. Jesus. I just wanted to show just to prove my brother. I was like, "Yeah, Wayne, I'm telling you, man. I want you to be proud of me, dude. I'm going for it." <laughs> What's the one trick that got away? It's like all the tricks that I that get away. They they, just, they get done like the next weekend. I remember. <laughs> I remember. I not only were heel flip down Carlsbad, landed on it like twice, but I kept landing on my knee in this little area and this bone, and I just couldn't do it no more. So. I wanted to go back right away, but I went to this Bling Fest active contest the next weekend, and Billy Marks was there, and he's like, "Yeah, I just know we're healed." <laughs> the fucking uh-huh. Damn. I'm like, "Sick, dude. I guess I'm not going back to that one." <laughs> and then Hard for the 16, landed Primo on that one. Really wish I would have went back to do that one, but uh, Ryan Desenzo did that one, right? Yeah. What's the last new trick you learned? Literally recently, two days ago. Actually, yesterday, huh? Seems like so long ago. Yesterday, Nolly front side flip, like Nolly, shouldn't say it, but like a Nolly half head flip, you know, so like a Nolly front side flip. Not a Nolly back side flip, but a Nolly front side flip. Yeah, yeah. I'm not very good at that trick either. I never had been. It's, but it was time to learn it. And I got a couple good ones the other day, so I'm pretty pumped on learning that trick. Nolly front side flip just on flat? Yeah, just on flat. It's this little things in life. I'm telling you, you know, you gotta. You go, you go. Wow, I forgot. After all these years, you forgot to learn that trick. Skateboard, you know, and then you go. Now I have, because sometimes you might get out there and you go, oh shit, what am I gonna do? Like another kickflip and another fifty-fifty, and then a light bulb pops and you go, oh yeah, you never learned that trick. Remember? <laughs> now you could take the time after all these years and sit here for six hours to learn the fucking thing. <laughs> Hell yeah! You probably got a nice one too. Oh yeah! It's funny because <laughs> I just randomly watched your game of skate at the barracks with Jimmy Cow. Oh yeah! And he beat he beat you with that trick, and I thought for sure you were gonna land it. But oh, uh, he beat he me dust, with the nollie frontside flip. Yeah, <laughs> and you looked like you had no idea what you were doing. There you go. You know what? I didn't even learn a lesson after getting beat by Jimmy Cow to learn that damn trick. It took me till two days ago to finally. Oh yeah, you should learn that trick. But I did see you do one on flat like a million years ago in digital no i've done them don't get me wrong i've done them i have for sure like done you them. learned them proper yeah but i need to like learn the technique is what it is i've done them and then right. i need to like 
remember the technique where I go, okay, this is how this trick is done, and you should do it like try to do it like this every time. Oh man, yeah, that one comes and goes, man. I had a beast one. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not gonna put this in the interview don't worry thank god no it's gotta I, I go did in. for a bit <laughs> i had a beast one i did it down a seven Jesus stair back Sage. in the dizzy oh, i did it down a seven day. stair Shall, i'm gonna claim back in the day two days ago i had a pretty beast one i don't know about tomorrow it's <laughs> <laughs> gonna be like <laughs> might yeah, already man, be gone <laughs> you know what you said about uh <clears throat> about antoine and like remembering his best part is like how you remember him like with me and nolly frontside flips i oh, still oh. think i have a beast one but i haven't done a good one he's talking about like thinking about yeah, six no, years just, just that, only remember light. that really gnarly beasty one that you had and that's you right there that's your nolly frontside flip. hell yeah dude oh. i did it bolt down cbc indoor seven i was oh. there Woo. anyways that's that is not your nolly one this is the herman anymore, interview but. not mine let's get back to it uh if you never skated what would you be doing man that's a question i ask myself all the time i trip out on that dude for sure um i don't know hopefully i wouldn't be caught up in the game that exists out here in the desert you know there's a good good side and a bad side you know and i feel like i kind of came from that harsh bad side so maybe i could have been another victim of that you know but Oof, man, that's really hard to say. We think about it all the time. Just like, man, it was a blessing to be able to find like a really cool thing that yeah. was able mm-hmm. to create a future for us. You know, realistically, you know, being back home now, you know, I, I never knew what it was like to freaking live in a in a steady home. Like, I literally moved out of a house every four to you know every four six months, and boom, gone, gone. We lived on public housing, so it was like welfare type housing you know so man it was just it's just i don't know where i would be man let's just let's just hope i wouldn't be dead or something you know yeah Yeah. hopefully i would be like this really cool activist and i'd like be saving the planet you know somehow (laughs) some way and they go yeah that dude that freaking brian guy he's so weird but he's saving the planet somehow (laughs) (laughs) that's what's up favorite local brand i like this cake brand that's around right now it's pretty cool it's called cake cake yeah they're on like like their fifth video i literally think it's cake five just came out favorite local skater mike white matt allen matt allen dope he's my favorite local because mike white he's from apple valley (laughs) (laughs) favorite teammate ever uh probably spanky worst company worst company oh man i don't think i should even like opinionize on that <laughs> positive herm these days yeah yeah no shutdowns worst trend i'm gonna go ahead and say that the worst trend in skateboarding right now is instagram <laughs> real shit <laughs> for sure <laughs> worst style <laughs> well i think i'm gonna have to give that one to richie jackson Damn! <laughs> Where did you find that? Last person you want on the sesh? Last person I want on a session, hands down, is cops. No one wants them on the session. Boom, done deal. Oh, the cops? Hell nah. <laughs> <laughs> real shit, real shit. All right, my dude, that's going to wrap up the interview. Thank you so much for uh, oh, taking some time that's out the of your end day of it? to slide into Studio E. That's the end, bro. It's a rapidly wrap, dog. 
And we the did last that. question. We're about that we're about to go into the next day on this one. <laughs> oh, day two. <laughs> day two. Shit. Hey man, we appreciate you taking the time. Thank you so much. Yeah man, no worries. It's been good. It's been fun. y'all it's time for the post office brought to you by our good friends over at time bomb trading and with b herman the building you know it's all about america this week you asked for it and you got it the herman g code is back with a modern twist the g code now includes a one-piece toe cap with america welded cage system g6 cushioning technology and instant flex triangle tread outsole all of this adds up to make the reissue of the Herman G-Code an enhanced model with even more durability and board feel. Make sure to head down to your local skate shop and cop yours now before it's too late, baby. You've got mail. First up, we got an email from Ben Schrag. What's good, the bunt? Best podcast out there. You both picked Atlanta to beat my Seahawks a couple weeks ago. I think Saifa almost nailed their score on the head at 34. It's tough watching the Hawks miss kicks and lose, but here's my question. It seems like with Russell Wilson, Seattle is dust for 15 minutes before trying to pull it off all on his shoulders. Have you ever skated with guys who try a trick where it looks like they have no chance of ever landing, but they drive everyone crazy by continuing to try and pull it off? If so, are you glad if they miraculously get it, or would you rather see a more well-rounded skate session with good tricks throughout? Cheers, Benjamin Jack. Couple things come to mind right away. I think I definitely back the Russell Wilson type skaters. Our homie Dave Delfino, Varial flipped a three flat three double set back in the day. If you saw him in person, you'd think there's no way it's possible. He's an absolute scrub. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but it makes it that much more glorious. Everyone lost their mind. Another mm-hmm. homie, our buddy Jesse Williams, Nolly Hill, Commerce 7, Ooh. when we were tiny. And he was especially tiny. I don't even think he could nollie heel on flat. Nope. And he nollie healed a seven. It took a long time, but it was worth it. The battle. It was uh, one of the most epic tricks from back in them days. So I respect the Russell Wilsons of skateboarding. Yeah, I definitely got a side with that. I think I'm also like that as well. You got. I, it takes a long time, man. It ain't pretty out there. But when you get it, it's all it's all the better. I kind of hate the, the skaters who land so many tricks and land like everything it's, it's kind of annoying to, to skate with them yeah like morgan smith our, our good brother <laughs> just does your tricks warming up man you're like all right all right next up we got an email from devin york love this shit please keep him coming shout out to jerry sue for firing that shot on jaws his footage is the skateboarding equivalent of two girls one cup jesus Holy. christ devin york <laughs> now that said i do understand that there are rare cases when someone with shit style and questionable execution can get so gnarly that it can justify the means. My question is, do you guys have a favorite that would fall under this category? Paul Macno, question mark. Also, who would you say is more Canadian, Stephen Lawyer or Jordan Maxim? Much thanks and keep stacking those boxes. First of all, I'm kind of offended by that. By the two Canadians? And don't throw Mac though in that in that category. Yeah, He's that a was a little diss. Pure legendary beast, one of the best skateboarders. I had the pleasure of being teammates with him for a while, and he 
is a mind-blowing skateboarder nothing but respect he's business yeah he gets it done and but someone in that category that's so gnar that it justifies it ben gilly immediately comes you to liked mind. ben gilly though i respected him respected the shit out of him yeah i guess you're i guess you're right there 50 tour like i was hyped when the black label video came out i was so hyped to peep his part uh, my choice is gonna be a canadian guy maybe not everyone knows him but if you do, you know who the weapon is. That man can get gnar at any moment. It's not necessarily the prettiest skating, like you said, but you got to respect it, man. A little similar to Ben Gilly in that aspect. Real shit. And as far as who's more Canadian, Stephen Lawyer, Jordan Maxim. I don't want to choose, You, you man. can keep them both. <laughs> yeah, it's all yours. Next up, we got an email from Evan Kiso. Subject, Satan's pain. Someone's been listening. <laughs> How we doing, Dono and Say? Man, we all right. How you doing, Say? I'm blessed, eh? Have you guys watched the new Crooked video yet? Was wondering if you guys got a Dylan Reader vibe from Brad Cromer's part like I did. Also realized I like seeing Trey Flips film backside. Bobby Warris had two back-to-back -back and they looked really good. Do you guys have an opinion on this? And if so, any tricks you like seeing film backside? I don't know if I got a Dylan Reader vibe, did you? I just really like seeing Brad Cromer parts, so... I was just happy to see it in general, man. No, I didn't get a Dylan Reader vibe at all. Brad Cromer has been skating like that for as long as I can remember. So I just got a hella Brad Cromer vibe. He is the best, man. He, yeah, that was one of the best parts I've seen in a long time. Very complete. The crispiest dude. He's the kind of guy where you yeah. go to the spots and you're like, holy shit, I can't believe he did that. He does the tricks you want it, you think about. Yeah, he's got the pop, the flick, the style. Flawless execution. Big fans. Looked like he was getting a little beefy over the summer, though, didn't it? On yeah, we thought he was gaining weight from his Insta, but it might have been gym weight, not beer fat. Who knows? The uh, the next question, you have an opinion on filming Trey Flip's backside? I like him film frontside more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Any other tricks you like seeing film backside? I mean, back heels and shit like that. Nolly heels backside, all right. I don't fucking know, man. Next up, we got an email from Low. Subject, shoes. Love the pod. It's been dope to get me through the shitty night shift I work. But just curious, what shoe brand do you guys fuck with but would never wear slash buy their shoes? Like you like the team and the videos but would never be caught dead in them? Might get some heat for this, but for me, it's Supra and Netney's. Sorry, not sorry. Oh, shit. Bringing them shots, eh? I feel you. This is a tougher question than we thought at first, but I'm going to have to go with DC. I respect the rebranding they're going through, getting rid of some of the older guys, making all the cash, bringing on the young guys. They got Tiago killing it. I respect it, but oh, they got the dime thing going on. Love that shit. Killing it. They did the dime glory contest, but DC just ain't for me, man. I ain't going to wear them or buy them, unfortunately. I feel you. I feel you. Back in the day, though, when the links were popping, they were the nicest. Oh, I used to what have so the, many the DCs. Mantecas? Ooh. Yeah. They need to bring all those back. Uh, what was need, the high top? They need to sign Wenning officially. For me, I'll probably go S. Fucks with the team. Obviously, Wade D. You know what I'm saying? They got some killers on that team. And uh, a new S video would be sick. Fuck with, you know, Minic, Maddie, and the vision or whatever but i would wear a wade shoe you feel me that's go get your wade shoe at your local store you feel me all right next up we got an email from devin mosiati what's up boys what's the best rap album of all time no grime keep up the good work 
Dev. I don't know if it's the best of all time, but it's my favorite and first to come to my head. Dr. Dre 2001. That definitely could be the greatest of all time, for sure. Big pick. I'm going to go with Young Jeezy, the inspiration, dog. Can't go wrong with either one of those. Hey, yo, I'm going to hop into this topic real quick. Best rap album. Holy shit, man. That's a very hard question because there has been many great rap albums. Um, There's so many sub genres of rap so it's hard to choose one but these again these are just my personal opinion i mean choosing one is just leaving out way too many because a lot of them shine in their own way so i'm gonna just name some of my personal favorites um i'm gonna start off with a tribe called quest they've been so influential for me uh actually you could check out the first beat that i dropped in this interview was super influenced by tribe called quest so i'm gonna drop low end theory and Midnight Marauders, holy man, 36 Chambers, Why Wu-Tang, man, that shit's legendary, Nas Illmatic, yo man, that album was crafted by some of the greatest artists coming together, collabing, you know, some of the greatest minds of the time, holy shit, man, like, The Chronic definitely agreeing with Seifa on that one, Young Jeezy, I don't know about that, but hey, that's your opinion, um, who else, man, fucking... Eminem, Marshall Mathers LP, man. Who, yo, I'm I'm sure like anybody my age I know was listening to that shit when that shit came out. That was all over the radio. If we gotta put him top three, top three. All right, top three. <sighs> Fuck, man. Illmatic, Thirty Six Chambers, and The Chronic. I mean, those those three are just next level. But I bet if you ask any kid born after like 1999. They'll probably tell you 50 cent. <laughs> uh, get rich or die trying. Next up, we got an email from Justin. Hey, boys, killing it this season. I have two questions. First off, any chance of bringing back a monthly challenge like the Adam C challenge? Maybe the winner can get a fresh bunt tee, you dig? Man, we got big plans for a contest. Well, it's, it's so big, I don't even think we can do it mid-season. We wait until the off-season. The people going to be hyped on this one, man. Stay tuned on Instagram. Might have to cook up some sort of skit or something. We got a lot of skits to catch up on, actually. Brush up on your acting, man. That's some real shit. But yeah, contest coming soon. It's going to be dope. It's going to involve some some Nikis. <laughs> It'll be some, sick. Some friends of the show, for sure. Second question. Are you guys able to live solely off having the number one podcast in sports? Or do you have to go into the dreaded nine to five every day? Keep killing it. Thanks for the great pod. Go Cavs. Much love from Ohio, man. Dog, we we back by the number one shoe in skateboarding, the number one podcast. Of course we living off this, man, and we live in mighty fine. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a great life over here in Studio E. Balling out of control. About to pop some champagne to go with these steam whistles. But no, neither of us work nine to five, but we out here grinding on. We, we working on the side. Come on, Hevs. All right, next up, we got an email from Michael Austin, subject, laser heels. What up, Bunt? I know Seifa is not down with the laser flips. I wanted to hear his thoughts on Tiago's front feeble laser, yay or nay. I think I already mentioned this on one of the pods, but definitely don't fuck with that trick. I think it's gross on flat or out of a front feeble. Shane O'Neill did one too. Gross. Just because you can do it doesn't mean you have to, but teach their own, you know? 
Brian Herman's on some fucking hippie positive shit. He's got love for all kinds of skateboarding, and I'm feeling inspired by B Herm. So you know what? If you want to do a front feeble laser flip, go right ahead. Nah, it's, you you can you can live without it. I think, man. I think you'll be just fine without it. P Rod does front feeble varial heels. I wouldn't want I to don't do make one, them right, but. I'll take that over front feeble laser fucking flip. All right, next up, we got an email from a real motherfucking G. Yo, here's a suggestion. You guys have a really detailed sports talk. What about detailed skate talk outside of the person's interview? Maybe discussion of rumors. This person is leaving this company. Video reviews. Anything really. Just more opinions about stuff. It's funny you mentioned that because I was just thinking about that the other day, but it's fucking hard because... These episodes are getting so damn long. The interviews are getting more in-depth. And the post office is popping. We got to holler back at the people. But uh, we, we might get a little, you know, skate line type thing going maybe next season. It's a good idea. It's just, fuck. You want the podcast to be two hours these days? Goddamn, B. But maybe we'll get some gossip popping. Thanks for the love and the suggestion. Trying to break news out here or what? We, we could be those insiders, the new Adam Schefters and the new yeah. the new Wojas of the world, man. We going to break news. That's real talk. You're going to get updates on Bleacher Report about Andrew Reynolds on Adidas confirmed. Holy Jesus. Benson. Interesting rumor to throw out there. I'm just playing. Um, all right. <laughs> Next up, we got an email from Cliff Juritich. Question. You just won Skater of the Year. Name your crew and the location for your Sodi tour. Cheers, Cliff. Damn, I'm skater of the year. <laughs> Feels nice, B. I'm going to Australia. Never been. Opposite of the damn world. Would love to check it out. And as far as click, goddamn. I can't really name names because too many homies. Not give, trying to leave anyone out. Give the people some names, man. Well, obviously, I'm going How many with, are you taking? Four? Five? No, I, I think you get to go with the big crew. I'm taking Donald, obviously. Fuck, I don't fucking know. I'm taking Mitch Barrett. Oh, that's a nice one. Just say, you give us a couple wild cards. I'll take uh, JCTM because he'd, he'd want to go surfing oh. in Australia. And he'd organize Josh Clark. the whole thing. Yeah. Keep it running to perfection. Um, I'm trying to think like different provinces now. Cross-country things. Take Chad Dixon for sure. Who else? Who else is coming on our trip? Well, on my trip, Morgan I'm Smith. Take a, a little bit of a different location. I've been to Europe, but it's only been to Barcelona, so I gotta go to Copenhagen before it's all said and done. And I'm gonna take the ghost, obviously. And then it's gonna be an all Scarborough crew from <laughs> there on out. It's gonna be me, Big Six. We got Cody Brown in the building. He'll be on the flight. Probably won't be too happy about it. Who else? We got Ryan DeRoche. Oh, hell yeah. I'll bring Ryan on mine, too. Skateboard Jakes is in the building. Oh, hell yeah. Mine, too. Man, you got me thinking about this now. I'm trying to, I'm trying to plan this trip. It's hard because then you're going to leave people out. I'm trying to bring, like, I'm trying to fill a plane with all the homies. I'm taking Nick Katz, too. But thanks for thanks for uh, making us feel like Skater of the Year, if only for 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah. You got us smiling over here, feeling nice about ourselves. <laughs> Talking about Copenhagen and Australia I mean, with Donald, the homies. Yo. Donald's been fucking wearing these all kinds of vans trying to get clips, but it's looking like he's going to get bodied by Tiago this year. Next up, we got an email from Big Dog. You know what it is. <laughs> Yo, just wanted to let you know there's an American track and field athlete called Trey Hardy. 
I was watching some athletics on TV recently, and the commentator kept saying his name over and over, and it was making me laugh every time. What's next? A Mexican athlete called Felipe Backlip. Much love from a huge fan, Big Dog. <laughs> That's an interesting email. Big Dog, this was your name, man. You much love. We, we love shouting out the fans. But as far as a Mexican athlete called Felipe Backlip, there was no question in that email. But she just wanted to let us know. I guess we appreciate the love, Big Dog. <laughs> and with that, what a better, no better way to end the post office, man. Without a question, we just shouting out the Big Dog. That's going to wrap it up. Yeah. Next week, last week. So definitely get your questions in. We'll get the, the post office fucking popping. It'll be a barn burner. Send in your voice notes, thebuntlive at gmail.com, or just hit us on the website in the comment section. Go straight to our email. You diggy? Shit's going to pop off back at the post office next week. <laughs> ah. It is time to get down to the nitty gritty, the skateboard world source for sports, the segment that me and Safer wait all damn week for, man. It's the rundown, baby. Starting in the NFL as usual. It's Sunday night. We just watched the game. We got Eagles fans sending in voice notes and emails. We hopped on the bandwagon ourselves. I'm a big believer in Carson Wentz, but they took a big L in Seattle, man. We was on the wagon. We still on the wagon. That was a fucking big win at home from Seattle. Enough respect to them. Really respect Russell Wilson putting the team on his back week after week. Always. It's insane. Although I gotta, you gotta shout out Doug Baldwin a little bit though. He Doug Baldwin gets open. Oh no doubt, no doubt. He's got that whole like Aaron Rodgers thing going where he just runs around until someone's open. He's allergic to sacks, yo. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Nut sacks <laughs> in his face when he gets sacked. Uh, no, nah, but yo, Russell Wilson's a real one. You know, it's funny. He was the last guy my opponent in fantasy had to save him his week, but you know, he couldn't drop 60 points, unfortunately. He's only human, but he got the win in real life, and that's all that matters. That's a big win. 19, lick my ass clean. <laughs> that's a big win for Seattle. Shouts out to them. They can realistically beat anyone on any given day. With that. That's the style of football you're playing. And you got your you got your defense playing great. Man, I don't want to see them in the playoffs. But moving on, something that's coming up week after week is the electrifying play of Alvin Kamara. One quick question to you. Fantasy draft next year. Le'Veon Bell is off the board. Ezekiel Elliott is off the board. Who's the next running back? Uh, Todd Gurley is off the board. Who's the next running back? David Johnson, Alvin Kamara. In that order? I think so, yeah. But That's going to be an interesting one looking forward to next year. A lot to happen. I am too. You're happy with any one of those five. You need Ingram to stay there for him to be this good. Yeah, but Ingram might dip. I think he's a free agent this summer. They got to become like really good boys and just live with each other, you know? Yeah, real talk. Kamara, though, he's definitely looking like first-round material. Maybe like top three fucking running back on the year. No, by, the, by the time it's all said and done, he could be number one. That's some fucking real shit. He's fast as fuck, and he takes hits. Yeah, man, big fans over here. First-round pick, we're saying, next year. So talking some highlights, down to some lowlights, man. The Chiefs, they come out flying. They got some big TDs. They finally putting points on the board. 
and the defense just don't show up. Man, I love the New York Jets, man. This is a nice story. It's a nice story to follow. Good to watch. Josh McCowan having a hell of a year. Robbie Anderson. Mm, we putting respect on his name around here. Hey, Robbie Anderson attracting attention. You know, it's him or curse. It's definitely a nice story. I remember all the preseason talk. They were going to go winless or win a game. All of a sudden, they come out, fucking almost beat the Patriots. They were like, uh, they were like leading the division for like a split second, maybe for like a week. I don't know. The Chiefs? No, the the Jets. Oh, saying that the Jets damn near fell asleep there. <laughs> the Jets. <laughs> the Jets are fucking dope. Well, that was and the they're shutting Patriots. up all the haters. The Patriots started like zero and one or zero and two. So yeah. They, they were there for a second. We knew that was some false hope. But there's always, like, in the AFC, it's open, man. You could get in there in, the, in a wild card spot. And I wouldn't want to play those goddamn gunslingers. Forte and Powell, they, they getting it done. I'm just hyped. Uh, Nothing to lose is, like, a crazy mentality to have to play against, you know? Yeah, definitely. But there's also nothing to lose. Lose every week mentality, you know? There's a lot of that, too. Like the Giants. They Why are we with... talking about the Giants? Okay, let's keep it moving. <laughs> That's a good way to move on from the NFL. We, we're we losing it over here. Over to the NBA. Man, one thing that's pissed me off in the NBA, I understand LeVar Ball is like, he's shitty. No one wants to listen to him, man. But honestly, he's made himself a household name now. So kudos to him. He knows exactly what he's doing. Marketing and branding his family and his shoe brand. We might have to get some advice from him. He can start branding the bunt. But I'm sick and tired of these guys coming at Lonzo. Lonzo's a good player for a rookie. He's not on the best team. He's he's doing what he can. And that move by Jamal Murray at the end of the game to go and dribble around him, try and add insult to injury, that was just one step too far for me. Uh, I had no problem with it. Jamal Murray's a good kid, Canadian kid, just having some fun. That's not some and fun. you know what? It's all fucking his dad's fault if his dad doesn't want people to be fucking taking extra little shots and trying to make him look like a fool. It's on his dad. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I, I didn't mind that at all. Like he said in his tweet after the game, he's like, I never got this much hate. We just playing ball. They're just playing ball. He didn't bump him. He didn't They're nudge him. They're just playing ball. Oh, yeah. is that right? No. He, just playing he, ball. he went... He, Ran down the, he dribbled down the court intentionally to do that. The game was over. Lonzo's not even paying attention. He's walking away. Exactly. It's unnecessary, Reggie. It's since when are you so sensitive? B? Because I'm tired of them coming at Lonzo. I like <laughs> Lonzo's all right, man. He's playing all right. He's going to get better. He's going to be a good player in the league, hopefully for years to come. Definitely. No yeah. one, no so one dislikes Lonzo. That shit. No one. Yeah, did, they're coming at it's him. It's all. Every player that does that shit to him is all just saying. It's all one big shut the fuck up to your dad. That's all it is, which I don't mind. Agree to disagree, man. I like Jamal Murray too, Canadian kid. Got no disrespect, but shouldn't have done that, man. Don Cherry wouldn't approve, dog, <laughs> at the end of a game like that. So we're hearing word that Rose wants back. If you're on the Cavaliers, you open it, you, you let him back with open arms. You welcome him back with well, open arms. I think it's the same. Most definitely. It's D Rose. He's fucking twisted in his head a little bit. Maybe well, can you imagine? Well, I guess you can imagine dealing with injuries back to back to back. Like the guy wants to play fo- uh, The guy wants to play basketball. He used to do it at an elite level. Won the MVP, and it's just being taken away from him. But then he gets back for a couple games, taken away from. Him. He's a shell of his old self. Trust it's me. frustration, man. You, everyone's got to be able to to understand that. And to the people in the media that are like crucifying him for that, like. 
at the end of the day they're just humans man that's true i get it i was kind of a little they got feelings on like lonzo he's got he's getting paid millions to do it which is the difference between me and d rose but uh don't get millions to skate <laughs> me- mentally it is hard to fucking overcome that shit but i'm happy to hear he wants to come back to the team he has a shot at making the finals this year so couple of the big men are going back to back well actually Joel Embiid is coming after every big man in the goddamn league whoever he's playing on any given night he's starting beef he's firing it up <laughs> everyone loves it him and Andre Drummond went at it Drummond fouled out Embiid kind of washed him in the face with the thumbs up waving goodbye <laughs> saying that uh, Drummond can't shoot but honestly Drummond can shoot now you see him dealing with these flick of the wrist free throws so the big rematch went down and uh, whose side are you taking? Reggie, I'm always on Joel Embiid's side. Proud Cameroonian. You know what I'm saying? So he's the pride and joy of Cameroon when it comes to basketball these days. It was Luke and Bamute for a long time. And Joel Embiid actually came up through Luke Bamute's camps, which is sick. But yeah, Embiid, he's trolling everyone. He's coming at everyone on Twitter. But the best part is he's backing it up. And I think he shut up everyone that he's come at this year in the preseason it was Whiteside when he got he drew three fouls on Whiteside in like a couple minutes in the preseason and then yelled at his bench take him out of the game he can't guard me they won that game Whiteside was uh, irrelevant and then there was LeVar Ball saying something about he's not a real NBA player he can't play or some shit he went to fucking LA dropped 46 seven blocks like three different career highs in one game and then next up it was drummond you dig but they're actually boys and uh yeah they laughed it off they yeah they laughed it off but it was sick he fouled them out and they got the win drummond still cheese though because he came at him again when the game was over <laughs> talk about he don't play he don't play enough games you don't play in the back-to-backs yeah he's like i've been in the league f- for six years and i've missed four or five games come talk to me when he played a full season it's all in, in good fun and you know what we should all just be thankful for Joel Embiid. Absolutely. Because if he stays healthy, and hopefully we stop saying if, and he proves that he's a fucking the real deal this year and plays, you know, 70, 75 games, uh, it's going to be one fun career to follow as a fan. Processing. Let's wrap up the rundown with a little bit of breaking news. Hot off the press. Anthony Davis has gone down with an injury. Well, when this comes out on Wednesday, it will be far from breaking, but... Even when we're talking about it, it ain't breaking, but this is the closest thing we got to breaking news in the rundown. We're working on our live updates. The Schefters and the Wojnowskis of the of the world will be at your level soon. But AD, man, ain't no surprise here. Seems to be a regular thing this year after year. AD, get your shit right. I'm bummed that Theo traded for you. I wish you were still on Lude's team. But, uh... This is real breaking news. The Lakers lose 95 to 118 to Houston, and Safe of Benson's team beats Knicks team in fantasy 5 4. Turn up breaking news. The episode could have done without that, so I think we're going to wrap it up right there. Man, it's another, another one in the books. Only one of these left to go. Breaking news. Tiger seems like he's back. Also not breaking. We're going to say thanks to our sponsors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bands, the number one shoe in skateboarding, Steam Whistle. Canada's Pilsner, Brixton, the union you wish you were a part of, Grand Trading and Time Bomb Trading. Thank y'all. Shouts to everybody. Believe it or not, I'm heading to the playoffs. Started and ended the same way, man. Oh.